Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Gundam Zeta episodes 29 through 31 and I really kind of fucked that one up. Uh, with us this week we have Scotty P. Devil is a part-timer is the show that I blanked on or, or manga is actually what I had most recently read of it uh, that I was blanking on at the end of the last episode. The main character Mao, the uh, the hero character who is his sort of flirty love interest, makes fun of him because he's a cheap ass and buys all his clothes at Uniqlo. So, if you like Uniqlo, take heart. Satan also loves Uniqlo. And Luke, I like Uniqlo. I, just, I, don't, I don't know what that says about me. Uniqlo in Japan is very much like I don't know the gap here. Still better than Gap. I so it's like a it's like a slightly nerdier version of the Gap, but like the clothes are very affordable. Actually, no, I want to say it's more like a Target. Target feels more. Well, it's at least the ones that I go into. It's nice because you can get every color of every of, of t shirt and every color of down jacket and every color. Of, really, it's just it's just like the. I, I, I think Uniqlo is basically the the front end for like China, like child children's like child sweatshops in for Japan. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just what they do. Well, Lane, way to make me sound like a terrible. Oh, no, like no, that. I love I love their clothes. Like they come out is with like, like that. Is it like that place we got suits from? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, no, that was the Italian version of that. <laughs> yeah, that was Italian children, Scotty. God. Yeah. Hey, at least we were briefed when we went in there what, what the deal was. <laughs> All right. Episode 29, Crisis at Side 2. Um, Wait, was this for your wedding suit? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so we... Like I mentioned, I was just along for the ride. <laughs> I wasn't even there. Yakushiki is back. <laughs> um, we haven't seen it in a long time. I guess, like, where where did it go? It's just been sitting on the radish, hanging out. Yeah, man. Is, is, is I guess Shar's the only. I guess I guess you know we talked about this in the last episode. Rekoa bequeathed the Methus to Fa, um, even though like she never really ends up piloting it very much. Um, I, I guess Yakushiki didn't get bequeathed to anybody and only shark can pilot it too high performance. No, you know, he took the keys with him <laughs> and then he was like, Oh my bad. Like they call him up while he's on earth. He goes, Oh, I just, I can't believe I took the keys with me. Dude, but then with he all the shit and he's that, like, yeah, I did that on purpose. With all the shit that caught steals, there's no fucking keys. <laughs> hey, he hot wired a go. We don't that's, know what he's doing. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Char is going to Von Braun and everyone else is heading to side two. Um, Kotz is, uh, speaking of how Kotz, shitty Kotz is, uh, Kotz is handing out food to all the pilots and all of the engineers. Um, and he basically says he's trying to wise up and be better um, instead of stealing a, a suit for like the fourth or fifth time in a row. Um, and Emma announces that she is going to help train Kotz and make him a better person. Um, Bright is given a message from Sweetwater. Uh, the, 
the Alexandria has docked with a transport with chemical weapons. Um, and G3, I, so I, I took some notes. It's like there's a G3 dealer um, that sells VX. Yeah, they got um, they got into contact with this ship that's apparently carrying it. And then they say, oh, yeah, it's G3 guests. And they're like, oh, no, not G3. Not G3. That's almost as bad as VX. Yeah. Like, like we're supposed yeah. to know what the fuck that means. Well, the VX is the gas that they mention when Rekua is showing Emma, like their propaganda footage. Oh, okay. Towards the start of the series. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. That's cool. Yeah. And VX is what they used during Operation British. Yeah. And so this is basically they're saying, oh, this is worse than that bad thing. They're a reincarnation of those damn Zeons. Yeah. And the, you get a line, a speaking line from Saman here. That's the guy that comes to deliver the message to Bright. Um, oh, and another bit of context, because Lane did exactly what the show does when it drops the name Sweetwater. What the fuck is Sweetwater? That's just a colony near side two. So that's how we've they... heard Sweetwater mentioned a few times, I think. Yep. Yep. And they never explain what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's like the main side two colony, like the capital of side two or something. Why would yeah. you question what something called Sweetwater is in a show about robots? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's they make beer there, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so Camille is mad at Fa again. Um, he's he's mad that she is watching after the kids instead of being a pilot. Um, and he sees a paper airplane fly by his head, and he starts, like, reminiscing about four. Um, and he uh, runs into Fa running around naked with the kids. Well, um, she's in a towel, but the kids are full naked, and they're yeah. too old to be full naked around Fa. Yeah, well, and Camille starts staring at her tits, and he gets slapped. Yeah, it's true. Um, I want to make a note: those kids were hopping around naked. Uh, what is it, Shinta and Kuhn? Is that is that their names? So they were hopping around naked. They fully animated uh, one of them's balls, which made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, ah, look, it's naked kids. Funny, that's a, it happens. Um, welcome to Gundam again. Uh, specifically Tomino in this regard. But um, yeah, yeah, Fa is topless at first for like two seconds and then goes off the screen. It's it's your modern day version of fan service. Just it was in 1986 or seven or something. Well, and they always draw her with like super short skirts too. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yeah. They're more of, uh, they're more like telling you to look at her, but anyway, most of the show. So, um, but this, this little like comedy scene though, especially like with Camille when she's talking and he's just like looking at her cleavage in the towel thing, towel robe, you know, we mentioned Camille like maturing as a person and things like that. Well here he's, you know, obviously not, but you know, him and Fah are uh, familiar in this regard anyway. And, uh, they're still teens. Like, yeah, you get this, like, actual just normal dude side of Camille. And I think it's uh, it's it's neat to see it. This is also, you mentioned uh, Shinta and Kum. This is the first time they were actually named on screen. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, one of my goals for um, this rewatch in Double Zeta is to, be, they might explain this at some point. Maybe they do. Maybe they already did, and I missed it. Where they came uh, from? Yeah, other than Char brought them back on the shuttle from Earth for some reason. 
Yeah, I yeah, I never understood why they got uh, there. They just decided uh, yeah. they needed some orphans on the ship to maybe, like, maybe they wanted to uh, keep Fa occupied so they couldn't engage in their hobby quite as much. Or maybe it was well. So I mean, their plot device is to like give Fa a more motherly side for like later in the series, right? Um. Yeah. So uh, Jared is in charge of an operation. Uh, so we know it's going to fail from from the get go because Jared sucks. Um, so we learn that Jared is going to use chemical weapons, um, and we also learn that the treaties are void that prevent the use of these chemical weapons because the Federation and the Titans are one, and apparently the Federation and the Titans were the ones that had the treaties between each other. So if like you've just got one world government, then like treaties are null and void or something along those lines. It was it was like some weird strain logic, but. One quick note, uh, in, uh, I looked up Shinta and Kum to figure out like if there's any background on them, and there is. There's actually another manga, uh, side manga, Mobile Suit and Zeta Gundam Day After Tomorrow from Kai Shiden's Report. It's the whole title. Um, apparently, they were, uh, they were brother and sister, um, and then while he was like down there trying to figure out what happened to Blex, um, Char runs into Hayato. Um, and they start talking about the death of Blex, um, and then they they happen upon Shinta and Kum, um, and Hayato kind of um, says like, "What happened to these kids?" And then Char makes some weird offhanded comment about uh, Lala, like telling him to take the kids or something. I have not read it. I am reading like a paragraph explanation of this, and I have no other information other than that. Lala the said, kid. "Take the kids to a warship in space. They'll be safer than on Earth." Yeah. Look, Lala made good decisions, yeah. okay? We know this. So, yeah, they're having this briefing, and you have, oh, man, like, Jared's giving you, like, the, like, the, the, here's why we have to go to war in Iraq speech about, here's why we have to gas this colony, because we need to put the AU, we need to get the AU to submit, and if we only have to take out one colony to do it, I mean, think about all the colonies actually saving and i'm like oh man y'all actually do suck don't you um you guys all want to go home soon right like we just need to kill tons and tons of people to do we it we just need to commit a horrible war crime yeah <laughs> it's not yeah, a war then, crime because the treaties that would have made it a war crime are no longer valid well yeah, yeah. you know what you know what though to be fair he, he, he said, we got to do this. And everyone's like, no, we can't do that. It's a war crime. And they're like, but don't you want to go home? And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Let's go no home. Follow. That was it. That was all it took. Well, I mean, and Mao is the one that brings up the Antarctic Treaty. And Jared's response is basically, it doesn't count. <laughs> Nobody yeah. needs the Antarctic Treaty anymore. Yep. They have forgotten the Antarctic Treaty in their hearts. Everybody has. I feel like every episode somebody's violating the Antarctic Treaty, and it really just pisses me off. Haven't they Fun heard of the Geneva Convention? Has uh, a full chest tattoo of the Antarctic Treaty, <laughs> like word for word. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's on, on the sternum. <laughs> it's true. How else am I going to live my life than having that? If I can't, I can't nuke people. Yeah, it's um, like Brock Lesnar, but even lamer. <laughs> Um, we also learned that after the chemical weapon attack, there will be an attack on Granada. So that's their next target. Um, 
So the Auk learns something about this. They know that there's going to be an attack on side two, um, and they are going to protect 50 colonies with two warships. So the Argama and the Radish. Um, the the mayor of one of these colonies is not on board, um, and he's considering siding with the Titans. Um, and basically he's like, uh, you kill one of these colonies, there's going to be 10 to 20 million people that die. Um, I don't even think he was like, I think we should side with them. He's like, they're going to kill us. We need to beg them not to and yeah. like pledge our oil to them. It wasn't even like they had the option. They're just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was, there was, there was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say like there was dissent. Like, he, you know, the people that were running it were like, no, we shouldn't be tight. These people are trying to kill us. Why would we want to side with them? And he's like, because I said so. Well, and they shoot that one guy. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they just shoot him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like, well, damn. Okay. Um, but then Gotti gets like, sees that the call is coming in and he tells so he, you know, he's on the Alexandria and he tells their comms officer to just say the Minovsky particle density was too high. They never got anything. Yeah. So, so the, the Alexandria is hiding in a giant um, asteroid thing like a like one of those it's like a giant balloon that surrounds the decoy balloon yeah. yeah um and they disable one of the auk ship i guess it's the radish or is it just like some unnamed auk ship it's just some ship they just take it out yeah yeah so they disable it um and then jared and his group head towards colony 25 um and that this is when the mayor kills the dude who's basically like arguing that they should not surrender to the titans he just shoots him in the chest um and then uh the titans the titans are basically like yeah we're not gonna let you surrender anyway so fuck off we're we're gonna ignore your please um but it's it's important to note here that the uh argama actually uh notices these comms going between the colonies and the Titans. Um, so Bright launches the Zeta and the Methus admits the confusion about the colonies reaching out to the Titans. He's not really sure what's going on, but he's like, well, let's just launch anyway and figure out what's going on later. Um, and the mayor is super stressed at this point because again, the Titans are refusing to even acknowledge the colonies. Um, this mayor is about as successful at things as Jared is really. Um, he's just like a, a, a fate, a nameless mayor, but he sucks. Um, so Camille from, from pretty far away. Like uh, I think even Emma is like saying, Oh, you can't do this. You're not going to be able to do this too far away. Camille blows away the protective covering of the Alexandria. Yeah. And this is because, so he when you see the Zeta use the big blue gun, that is its hyper mega launcher. Yep. That thing is about as long as the Zeta itself is like either the wingspan is in wave rider mode, or it's about as long as it, the uh, robot mode is tall. It's big. Yep. Um, <laughs> so the, Yeah, so Camille, after he blows that protective cover away, they engage with a bunch of mobile suits that are heading towards Colony 25, and the rest of the Argama's 
uh, mobile suits launch. Um, so Emma launches in the Mark II and Kotz launches in a Nemo. Um, and so it actually, actually it was, um, uh, I guess, Fa that was saying that, that Camille couldn't hit that from far away. Um, and we see a, we, we actually get to see the uh, gas canister. Uh, you guys know what it says on it? Dengar. Dengar. <laughs> uh, that just made me laugh several times. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it's, it's dangerous. It's, yeah. You know, it's poisonous because it has Dengar on it and you get to see it like flashed a few times. Um God, like you would think that somebody would have a dictionary in the 1980s. Um, no, they don't. Uh, so Jared refuses Mawa's backup, tells her to stay with the um, the gas canister and, and do that thing, and he'll like save the day. Um, and Camille says that makes a, a comment that Jared is a dangerous t- opponent, um, and this is despite being shown evidence the contrary like every single episode that jared gets into a battle um so jared actually again as i mentioned in the last episode jared is able to grab camille and um instead of finishing camille off camille cuts off jared's leg with a beam saber and Kotz actually does something good he you know he this is probably the first really good like pure like I fucked up and now I'm going to like fix my fuck up type thing. Kotz uh, does something good from start to finish. He shoots the canister and blows it up. Um, and then he goes off to find Camille. Um, Mawa shows up to protect Jared. And uh, Kotz again shows up, saves the day. And uh, Jared for- is forced with uh, Mawa to retreat away from the battle. Um. Kotz is pretty proud of himself and he should be because he actually like did well this time around. And uh, Camille, Camille drops some deep talk. He says, that's the feeling of a battlefield. Remember that and you'll survive. Um, <laughs> Camille, like from this episode on just starts like dropping these crazy one-lighters that, that make him seem like an 80 year old man that would like survive like five or six wars. Um, and then like Camille and Fa get back to the Argama and they're not arguing. And uh, so Apley makes fun of them for not arguing. Um, but you know, what's really funny here is you get just towards the end of like that scene in the locker room or whatever, Apple's like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's like Quagmire from Family Guy, just suddenly like, oh yeah, from Apple. Like, what yeah, Apple is like a really good comedic relief in this show. Yeah, like you, at this did point, they invite you to watch. Like, you're really <laughs> excited, giggity. <laughs> so, um, uh, the the mayor is is with one of the guys that he shot, and he's like, listen, you know, just like play this off, and we'll. You know, I'll, I'll make it worth your while. Yeah. So the guy that got shot did not die. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We shot two people, didn't he? No. I thought I he, thought they had he shot. threatened. He threatened another one, but then that guy saw what happened to the first guy and was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So guy that got shot and chested did survive, uh, and then Bright shows up and says, "What's going on? Why were you guys talking to the Titans?" And the mayor's like, 
yeah, there was this trader here and he was like reaching out to him, but we got it all, you know, wrapped up and bright seems to know what's going on, but he is like, whatever, it's not worth dealing with. Whatever. Thanks. The end. And that's basically how episode 29 ends. The narrator says that the people of side two will never know what transpired that day. Unfortunately, until they watch Gundam Zeta. Well, (laughs) this episode marks the end of your Gundam notebook of my faithful Gundam wing operation meteor. Definitely unlicensed notebook since they put the word (laughs) notebook conveniently over where it would finish saying Gundam wing Uh, started. I flipped it open to the first page. Double O 83 Stardust Memory Episode 1. What were so, you taking in notes before that? Uh, just w- random pieces of paper. Oh, okay. So this was... Uh, do you, you know, uh, want to spend... Uh, what is it? $62 on a Gundam Moleskin? No. <laughs> well, no. I mean, to be fair, it's, uh, it's large. I spent $9, I think. Maybe not even that on this. It's in a moleskin. That's the real question. Swanky Neo Zeon um, record of military action. <laughs> it's just a notebook, paper notebook, but on the top right of every page, there's the Neo Zeon logo. Nice. So you don't forget what you're writing in, I guess. Oh. Yeah. And then on the back, because this is actually a um, unicorn product, apparently, uh, there is a Girazulu. Apparently, there's a, there's a company um, that we are not sponsored by yet. We're not sponsored by uh, anybody. We're not sponsored by anyone yet. Uh, Society6 has a whole line of these notebooks. Oh, nice. Like oh, we forgot to mention. Cool. So we talked about, I guess it was in episode um, 27, when uh, Camille woke up in his uh, turtle sleeveless turtleneck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well... We found some. They're on the internet. If you want a sleeveless turtleneck too, they're oh, out yeah, there. I, I bought it. <laughs> I ordered it. I legitimately ordered off of Ally Express. <laughs> uh, there's also on Etsy a chunky sweater, chunky knit, trendy. I, I did not. I did not buy the chunky one. I bought the because that was the, like three hundred dollars. No, I bought like, these because it's hand knitted. I bought the exact Camille sleep sweater. I'm gonna try it out for you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you updates. I'm gonna do just a whole podcast episode of me and the sweater. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a picture of of Luke and some tidy whities in his sleeveless sweater, and it's gonna be our new podcast logo for like the rest, the rest of the Zeta season. You just put that. You just do it. Just the thing where you blur just my eyes out so you can clearly <laughs> say it's me, but you can't see my shame. We're going to get our first sponsor, and it's going to be fucking grinders. <laughs> you know what? They've got money. I have to it. <laughs> uh, you got to do what oh, you got to do. Values over here. We, we got to pay these hosting bills. All zero cents of them. Is that how you get sponsors? <laughs> Uh, we selling Luke's body. <laughs> Speaking of Luke's body, Zeta, episode 30, Jared's desperate attack. Yeah. So 
Did you guys watch the preview for episode 30 at the end of episode 29? The one where it said that uh, Ma was going to die? It, yeah, it tells you. <laughs> no, I, I was zerging him and I was not watching the previews. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just leave your disc going and got the preview, it's like next step. Or you're watching it on TV in the 80s. Right. They go, yep, next time. Mawa, Mawa meets her end. I guess I don't have to watch next week. I guess that's fun. <laughs> it should be Zeta, episode 30. Mawa dies. But they probably yeah. didn't want to spell it because the way, like, the there's like three or four different ways to spell it, and the official English translation of it does not look like Mawa. How do they spell the uh, translation? Uh, M O U A R. Oh yeah, it does not sound like Mauer. Mauer, yeah, Mauer, yeah, or, or like Moir or more. Yeah, I I would not get Mauer from that, but um, whatever. Um, so the episode starts off with uh, Wong and Shar arguing. So if if we go back uh, a few episodes, Commodore Blex has died, and he was pretty much the figurehead of the Ayug. Um, he was the guy that was kind of, for the most part, tactically leading them. Wong, of course, uh, as we mentioned, had some input and was able to affect certain operations. Um, but now that Blex is gone, there's some something of a void there. Um, and we've also mentioned the Carbines as well. But they're playing more of, uh, at least in this show, they're playing more of a background, background role from what we hear. Um, well, except that this episode does not start out with them arguing. It doesn't? It starts out with Melanie Hugh Carbine walking into a restaurant. Oh, really? I didn't. Yes. I didn't write that down. What did you watch? Episode 30, Jahard's Desperate Attack. You were just, you were still, <laughs> you were still stunned about Maua dying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. So Melanie Hugh Carbine enters this restaurant like he is the Don and... Then it cuts to Shar and Wong talking. They're just talking. And Wong is asking about, hey, he's like, hey, Shar, do you know why Axis left the asteroid belt? And he goes, no, no, no idea, no idea. And then Carbine enters. And they all are going to sit down and have dinner. But what he's okay. really doing is asking, hey, Axis is coming to the Earth sphere, right? And they go, yeah, yep. And then they mention that the plan is that Lieutenant Quattro will make contact with them and ask to form an alliance with the Aguke. You know why I didn't notice that it was Melanie Hugh Carbine is because I thought it was, I mistook him for the uh, Anaheim guy, the guy that they've been interacting with from for the, the Anaheim guy that was like selling all the suits between the other people from several episodes back. My note was they bring in the Anaheim chief. I mean, that's, that's who that is. Oh, it, oh so he is the Anaheim guy. Yeah. My brain sometimes when he, I watch it, he stuff, runs Anaheim. Okay. He's the Anaheim guy with like a capital T. The Anaheim. Guy. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. All right. So Wong, Shar and Carbine are all together. Uh, and yeah, Char is basically not sure what's going on with Axis at this point. He's like, eh? He's like, but we'll try to reach out to them and see if we can 
you know, ally with them. Um, he seems somewhat like not convinced that they can do it, but he's like, it's worth a shot. Um, so Yazan's team launches because we need a battle this episode. Um, Jared is mad that hang on, hang on. There's other foreshadowing in that scene though, because when Wong walks off, it's just carbine and char. And he says, what are your personal feelings about this? And he says that he's not really sure. And he tells you that Maneva is Zabi is shown as their leader, but is really just a figurehead. And what he's trying yeah. to say is that it's so the subtext here that it doesn't tell you uh, is that he's basically saying if she was actually the leader, I could maybe give you an idea, even though she's like fucking eight years old. Yeah. But, if even yeah. at this point. Yeah, roughly seven. Oh yeah. 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 Seven about to turn eight at the youngest. So yeah. Um, anyhow, like, but yeah, that, that's what he's trying to, to get across. And a lot of this will be very important. Just not in this episode. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So we need a battle. So Yazan's team's launches uh, and Jared is mad that he is not on this operation. Um and we find out that they are actually using uh, Yazan as a diversion without his knowledge. So this is a what we call a reverse Yazan, um, because, I guess. Um, Jared admits that he is hung up on Camille and he can't do anything. He can't pr progress as a human being until Camille is dead. Um, and we I don't think progression as a human being is going to happen if that's how you feel. <laughs> Jared, I mean, Jared's not ever going to progress anyway, but uh, he's just the worst. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, Jared's like a goofier Dr. Claw for anybody that's ever watched Inspector Gadget in their life. Ah, oh, yes. Frank Welker. Excellent performance as Dr. Claw. He basically does. So, fun fact. It's essentially what Soundwave would sound like in the original Transformers cartoon if they did not have the vocal effect for Soundwave. It's otherwise Frank Welker essentially doing the same voice. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, that's cool. Dr. Claw. I can't do it. I can't hit his range anywhere near it. Yeah. So Jared is a bad Dr. Claw. Um Camille is trying to get fought to relax, and he is—he's uh, done a 180. Now he's basically telling Fod to not worry about her pilot duties as much, and just to like chill. Um, and then uh, Bright smacks him down for having the orphans in the in the hangar. And um, Har there's a little funny scene where Haro's trolling Bright by saying that uh, Bright has blown his top, or he's blowing his top. Yeah. And then the kids start chanting it. And then now in the subtitles, I actually kind of like this chant a little better. It's just bright, mad, bright, mad. <laughs> um, so the Argama senses that uh, senses Yazan suits and launches its suits in kind. Because again, as we mentioned before, it's episode 30. We need time for battle number 30. Probably battle number like 35 or so. But really, it's, it is what it is. Um, Camille and Emma think the whole situation is strange when they launch because it's just like 
Yazan is launching head on in the middle of space. And it's like, why? There's like no tactical reason to do this. Um, the argument notices uh, as its mobile suits are engaging that there are ships from below that have started firing on the Argama. So there's, again, um, Yazan was a diversion for these ships to get into place and start firing on the Argama. Um, and Argama actually gets hit uh, decently at this point, um, but not it's not like destroyed or anything, but it is starting to take uh, damage pretty de- uh, a decent clip. Um, and Camille notices this and he turns right around and heads right back to the Argama. Um, and the Argama starts heading towards an abandoned colony, uh, which was what the, uh, the Alexandria and it's, uh, the other Titans had kind of planned to happen. So, um, Jared and, uh, Mawa are hiding behind some asteroids at this point. Um, so, when they get in a position near the uh, the hidden colony or the damaged colony, um, they launch and they start doing further damage to Argama. So the Argama has actually taken a, a, a bunch of damage. They talk about like one of the residential blocks is taken damage and people are dying. Uh, they don't say people are dying. This is like, I don't know uh, if you ever watch Star Trek episodes, it's like, you know, decks three through seven are taking damage and blah, 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 blah. So you're assuming there's like, NPCs on board that are dying. Um, Camille and Emma show up uh, in time to start assisting the ship at this point. Um, Once more, Jared gets the upper hand on Camille and cannot follow through. Um, The Argama is really taking damage as this battle between them occurs. And Fa shows up and starts like spraying some like uh, stuff on the ship to put out the fires. If you remember from um, early, 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 early in Zeta, when um, I think it's uh, Char, it might have been Roberto or Apoli, um, they are in a colony. They use like their finger to like put out like a fire in one little area. That's essentially what they do at this point. Um, Camille gets sandwiched by Mawa and Jared, um, but he is able to actually uh, still escape. And Jared's just like raging because again, he is failing. Um, And the uh, Camille new type tells um, Fa and the kids to watch out. So like, basically they're like, she's fine. The kids they're like in these, these, normal suits that are way too big for him. And she's about to like go somewhere. And he's like, Fa, don't go that way. So she stops. And right as she stops, like uh, there's an explosion. So like the, the thought was if she went any further, she would have actually died, but this like saved her from dying. Yeah. And Camille's really on point here, right? Because the next thing that you have is he's going to help the argument in the Zeta and he shows up and he just starts cleaning up. He's taking shit out. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's just cleaning up. Emma alerts him then, though, of an attack from above, which is Jared. And Camille reacts so quickly, he's got him beat. He's got him beat. And he takes the shot. He's like, all right, finally done with Jared. Yep. Except, do you remember the episode 29 spoiler? 
Mawa dies. <laughs> yep, she jumps in front. And she's dead. Camille hears her name at this point. Jared is charging and Camille knocks him away and is Jared is knocked away and is knocked against the cockpit. It's time for Jared to have a floaty space dream. Yeah, this is this is actually um the beginning of where like Zeta had been doing a lot of like the new type like communication sensory stuff and things along that line but this is really where they start to take the end of the original series and continue with the spookiness of the new type powers so yeah um jared floats in new type space and thinks about mawa and yeah. like you see the rose petal He's not sure if he's dead or not. He's like, am I dead? What's going on? Yeah. And they start saying, what now? So you see the the rose petals that look like the life stream from Final Fantasy VII. Um, it it reminds me, I think, I think you see that towards the end of uh, the original series, right? When Lala dies, there's like a scene where like there's these rose petals that kind of like float off into space, right? I only remember the swan. Yeah, the swan is usually the imagery, but I mean, I think there is some effect like that. Yeah, it's it's um, not I'm, the exact same yeah. effect, but it's like to the same general thing. Yeah. I don't I don't even remember if they put Mawa in the movies, but uh, I need to go back and watch that again because I feel like this is a candidate for like redoing the whole thing and making it even trippier with modern animation. Yeah. Um, there's a there's an interesting thing here though because Mawa's spirit is new type ghost force ghost, whatever you want to call it. She says something interesting to Jared, which is that he will never lose because he is the only one that can guide the world in the proper direction. Mm -hmm. But Jared kind of rejects this. And I wonder, I wonder what did Mawa know about him in this moment? And is this Jared like, you know, I just kind of was thinking to myself, like, what if he like went along with it and like embraced the weird happening to him, but instead he's kind of like fighting against it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and right before, yeah. Right after she tells him that he's, he's like, oh, I can't feel my arm. And um, she like grabs his arm and then like, he kind of like wakes up back in his suit um and he like goes ballistic um rampage yeah and he's just like zipping here and there and everywhere keep in mind his suit is missing both of its legs uh i don't think i mentioned it but but uh camille uh sliced off both of his legs um so he's like flying left and right behind asteroids heading towards the argama uh in his it's a masala right uh i think it's a it's a gap play it's yeah, a gap play. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's he so he takes the arm off the methus because the methods never gets damaged, right? Um, <laughs> takes out a couple of Nemos, and then um, Camille sees he's still fighting, but then he disarms the Zeta and keeps yeah. going for the Arkama. And then Emma saves the day. She shoots off the Gapley's uh, rifle and right arm, and Jared it's like trying to make another attack and can't really do much though. Cause he doesn't have anything left and he, uh, he withdraws. Yeah. Jared Yazan and everybody basically re 
withdraw all at the same time. Yeah. And then you have this, this scene where I said like Jared is trying to like fight what he's just witnessed. Like you see him get out of the gab flail and he's like floating around because he's gone back to the, where uh, like the, the area of space where Mao got blown up and he's looking mm-hmm. at this wreckage and he's like looking for her and then, but then sees the wreckage and he's kind of just all broken up about it. Yep. And we also see around the same time that Fa has been rendered unconscious um, and Jared cries while he's like floating around in this area. Um, Emma tells Bright that Fa basically shouldn't be a, a pilot at this point. Uh, she says, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I mean, you make a decision for yourself. She, she ignored your orders and did this. Um, but don't punish her. Like don't throw her in the brig, but you know, you know what to do. And uh, Camille ends the episode with uh, saying another another Camilleism: "Those who are dead don't shed tears, except the tears of time." It's true. They told us, they told us we'd see them. <laughs> gravity weighs down the dead souls. Or yeah, it, it feels like this episode was important, but it also feels like it wasn't. Like in the long term, like the only effect of this episode was Mawa dies. <laughs> I think it's just like it, it, it it's sending Jared further and further down the spiral, you know? He's kind of he's getting worse and it's like motivation for him to get worse. It's kind of how I read it. Yeah, it, it feels like the first few minutes with like Shar and Wong and Carbine were important from like yeah. a plot perspective. But the only other thing that happened in this episode that mattered was Mawa dying. And even that, like in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really matter that much. Well, like you said, she's pretty much, uh, she may be cut out of the movies. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but if you were to cut, if you were to cut her out, this is basically worthless. Well, it's yeah. Cause it's the same, all, well, not the same. It is close to the same thing that happens with Lila earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. Jared kind of gets a love interest and then she dies. Yep. 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 Basically, uh, Jared sucks and he can't protect anybody. And all of his missions fail. That's true. He does suck. Yep. Zeta, episode 31. Half Moon Love. Good title. Oh. Fucking episode. <laughs> when I say so, the show is too long, this episode, this is one of the just this episode. Yeah, it's kind of random. Uh, so the Argamala head back to Earth. What's that? Do you think it could be done away with? Yeah. 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 Look, there's some stuff in here that I can I I appreciate what happens and. There's a lot of, it, but it is all character building, yep. and that's fine. But I, it's just sometimes in a fifty-episode show, you get to those episodes on your fifth viewing of it or whatever I'm on, and you go, "Okay, all right, I get it." And 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 for reasons that we'll talk about as this episode goes on, it a lot of the stuff that happens doesn't even make sense in the context of the rest of the show. Um, so let's go then. So the Argama, which has taken a lot of damage in the previous battle and the previous episode, uh, heads back to Von Braun to resupply and get some repairs. Um, which is funny because basically the Argama 
goes to Von Braun after their, you know, the battle to take Von Braun happens. And then it goes to Earth to pick up Char. And now it's back at Von Braun once more. Um, and side two is probably somewhere between there. I, I don't remember looking at the maps exactly where it are, but it feels like the argument is just basically shuttling back and forth between the moon and the earth at this point. Well, the, the AU has very clear direction right now, right? Sure. You know, they're very, they're very led, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. So that's part of what you're seeing is they were basically running an errand and now they're back at the moon because the people making their decisions are at the moon part of the military industrial complex on the moon yep so, so everyone is trying to get fa to take the kids to armstrong park uh the kids are expected to basically be removed from the ship at this point and um it the, the show kind of hints that they sneak out of the ship to get a head start <laughs> on getting kicked out of the ship but they don't actually get kicked out of the ship but yeah they're sne they, they sneak away um and fa doesn't know where they are and sarah is testing a new mobile suit it is a masala but i think it is like a variant of the masala right uh hum hum humra humrabi yep exactly luke humrabi so is this just like Am a, a masala v2 type thing it, it's just yeah it, it's another transformable mobile suit because yeah. that's welcome to zeta gundam yep <laughs> right transformers uh, were really popular around this time weren't they yeah, yeah and they ate their lunch with zeta gundam in in the japan <laughs> um yeah so there's like some comments on like how the ship or how it needs to be tweaked and things along those lines. Um, but Sarah is going on a spy mission to the moon. So she gets like a bag with some clothes that she can change into once she gets uh, to Von Braun. Yeah. And then we see Camille. He's writing in his new Neo Zeon notebook about Fa. <laughs> and then she knocks on the door and says, I can't find the children. And then they're like, Hey, Torres saw them go outside, so they must have gone to Armstrong Park. Yep. And plot dictates that since Sarah's going there, we have to go there too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so they go to search for the kids, and then Sarah is like getting directions to the park. Um, and she has a new type flash where she Look, is like, There's Camille. I, I need her to have a new type flash into a different outfit. What <laughs> is this? Okay, it's, look, it's listen. like it's like I dream of genie pants with like a workout bra. Look, okay, <laughs> she's got on a beret, a belly shirt, mm -hmm. a detective coat, capris, and gloves, and then like some kind of crazy necklace. necklace yeah, multi layered like, necklace. Like it looks like she just robbed a Macy's and just. <laughs> just grabbed some stuff and was like, I know I'll wear it. I'll be totally inconspicuous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she recognizes that Camille's in the area. And so she goes into a store um, and then Camille senses her as well. And he heads to the store that she's shopping in. And instead of telling Fa, he's like, I'm just wondering how these clothes would look on you, Fa. When you know, like he's really thinking, like I'm wondering how these clothes would look if I took them off of you, Fa. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so uh, we actually get to see a, a brief shot of um, of Armstrong Park, and it has the we I think we mentioned this like two or three episodes ago um, that Von Braun is basically built around uh, where where uh, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon and took his first step. So the park is centered around the lunar lander and they don't show, I don't think they show the footprint, but they show the lunar lander. Um, it can't be the real one though, because the recovery module is still attached. <laughs> it's accuracy, right? Um, so Fa realizes, Oh wait, no wrong button, wrong part. <laughs> um, so Sarah sneaks in and beats up a guard. So she's she's like sneaking to where she needs to go. Um, and she beats up this guard after she's like, oh, I'm lost. And um, she cuts open a little pipe and lays an explosive into the pipe uh, and then leaves. Uh, and then Camille mentions, uh, at least internally, that he keeps thinks, thinking he's sensing four. So he's mistaking Sarah and four for each other. Um, and then he notices Sarah and he begins chasing after her and he very quickly catches her and they start like interacting very friendly, friendly, like um, Sarah says, no one's ever treated her like a girl. And um, Fa starts creeping from far away. And ice and, and uh, Camille's basically like, let's get some ice cream if you've never been treated like a girl before. And he knows like Fa's in the area, and he knows that Fa's like jealous. <laughs> but he's just like, hey, let's let me buy some ice cream anyway. Look, he thinks he's in his popular phase. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he goes to get some ice cream um, after he stops Sarah. And Fa like calls him out. He's like, "What are you doing? Why are you acting like this? Why are you like banging this other girl? That's that girl that escaped from our ship, isn't it?" Yeah, but then he's like, "No, something is happening. You need to leave and tell Captain Bright about this." Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, and for some reason, uh, Sarah did not run away from Camille. She's like, "I trust him for right now." Because ice cream. Yeah, she's getting some weird colored ice cream. Um. Yeah, so Camille snaps at her, and and Sarah says, "I can't help myself. I met Sirocco first, and you know, I just like if I would have met you sooner. It's very similar to like what happened with Four, right? Like, so there's a lot of like overlap with how they interact with him, and in some ways. But basically, Sarah's like, you know, I got to Sirocco." And now he controls me. And if I would have met you first, maybe I would be allied with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't blame you for doing this lane, but you did gloss over a lot of this scene. I mean, I get it. But uh, so the, there are a couple things to point out, right? As they're eating the ice cream, you learn that Sarah is like into this. She's into that. She's she's now into Camille because. Of oh, yeah. Cream, right? yeah. Um, they also just throw the cones in the trash. And I'm like, are they not edible anymore? Is this Assholes. like the phones? That it's I don't know. Anyhow, like if you didn't want the waffle cone, you order the cake cone. Do you not have edible cones in the 80s? Yeah, they had. Yeah, they I'm sure, did. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Even if they had like microplastics in them, I'm sure they were edible. <laughs> 
I'd be more concerned now that they would have that. But anyhow, um, so yeah, um, so yeah, they, they start talking about when she was in the Argma and when Camille asked her about being a cyber new type, and Camille's all like, Katz is all DTA now. He doesn't trust anybody because of what you did. So you better not show up again. Like he's he's like telling Sarah, like, Katz is my bro. How could you? And I actually don't like you. <laughs> and um he then exerts his like new type pressure on her and she looks yeah. all spooked. And it's this thing where it's like Shirako does it and Sarah's all into it. And, but then Camille does it and she's like, oh yeah, Camille. Yeah, I had to know it's it's like Camille Camille new type creeps her out and Sarah tells Camille that it's dangerous for him to return to the Argama. So basically he exerts similar pressure to what mm -hmm. Sirocco does. And she's like so intimidated. She's like, don't go back to the Argama. I, was, I, I still want to bang you, but so like, don't go back there. Or you're going to die. Um, sniz. Yeah. And basically she says the whole area is going to be destroyed and, and tells them about like the bomb that she placed in the air air ducts. And so Camille like drags her along and he's like, we're going to defuse this bomb. We have 30 minutes to go. So uh, the next thing we see is Fa letting Bright know that uh, about the, the plot and that he's going to try to get the city, city to evacuate. And then uh, at the same time, Camille and Sarah find the bomb with 20 minutes to go. So they, they take about 10 minutes to find the bomb and then uh, Camille derps it and knocks it into the air air vent. And yeah, yeah, there's there's a one off scene in here mixed in with all this that comes up a couple episodes later. So I need to mention it because you don't think it's super important when it happens, but they show that the radish has left the moon with a resupply of mobile suits and they mention oh well, yeah it really fit more than we thought and yes. bright's like yeah you know what and next up we're gonna go make contact with that battleship that left for axis okay yep. see you later radish yeah you know that's true um yeah they just they do this with a lot of scenes where like they they're like all right we're going to mention this and then we'll bring it up in five episodes. Um, so after Camille knocks the bomb out of reach, um, he tackles Sarah. She tries to get away and just like knocks her out. Uh, and then this like, funny <laughs> he like throws her over his shoulder. Well, and he's like starting to doubt she's a cyber new type because he's like, I don't feel anything unusual about her. And it's like, you knocked her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like carrying her around on his shoulder, like okay. Um, so as as Camille's like running around with Sarah on his shoulders, uh, Appley shows up and finds Camille, um, and picks him up, and they start heading toward the Argama as the Argama is trying to launch out of Von Braun. Um, so they get there, they get in the, into the Argama. Um, and as they're kind of launching out of the port, the bomb goes off uh, and is a massive explosion. Um, Sarah says that she's following Sirocco's orders. Um, 
which this this really gets to the core of like why this episode makes absolutely no sense to me. Sirocco is against dropping a colony on Von Braun because it would cause unnecessary death and destruction. But he's willing to blow up the city in this way. I mean, it's not the whole colony, I guess. Well, no, no, it's a city. It's the same city. They were going to drop a, a colony on Von Braun, and he was like, and the colony was empty. It wasn't like they were dropping a colony of uh, maybe full of people. The, maybe he needs the colony parts. <laughs> I'm not sure Scirocco knows about this. Well, Sarah said that it was it was at Scirocco's orders. She may have been told it was. Because you don't because you just see her in that Hambrabi with. Yeah. Joe Schmo Titans guy. Yeah. Right. And it's it's very possible here that Sarah's just being set up to just do stuff for the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean and, and 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 he did leave her for the Jupiteris on the Dogos gear. Right. So I I don't think he knows about it. Because and and you know why? I think he's enough of a creeper that he wouldn't send her out alone. Yeah, I, it it just so if if he did have anything to do with this situation, it's completely out of character based off of like five episodes ago, six episodes ago. Um, which is why, like, this is one of the reasons this episode just it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, you either have to say he's not involved, which you don't have evidence for, or you say he's involved and it's completely out of character. Yeah, well, the other the the actual thing that kind of like makes no sense to me on, on this one is that, um, you know, your 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 mobile suit battle starts and all that, and you know after the bomb goes off, the mobile suit battle starts and yep. all that, and um, you know Zeta is fighting the Humbrabis, but like, you know, it's not destroying them, but it's not really having too much trouble, and then you just you have Fossey, Sarah just fly off on a jetpack. Yep. Yeah. Like, so did yeah, to, like, did they show her escaping? Like, how? Did not it... really. I mean, I think it showed her just like turning and walking away, and that was about it. It was very like not mentioned, you know. It's yeah. I I just thought I was like looking down at the paper, and I didn't care enough to go back and check. And and then you see like after so yeah, there's a little fight where you know the Zetas fighting these uh, Hamrabis. And Sarah escapes and says, thank you for the ice cream. And then like Camille's angry and it, like he like shoots up into the sky or into space. And it's very reminiscent of like the last scene of, or the scene in Mobile Suit Gundam where uh, Amaro's firing up towards Char's mobile suit or whatever. Um, I don't know. Except without the emotional impact yeah. or actual gravity of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the very last scene, well, all right, the next to last scene, um, Fa goes into her room. Somebody's taking a shower. You expect that she's going to find Camille on Bangham, but no, it's two little kids taking a shower in her room. And we find out that they never actually left the Argama and they were just like, they didn't want to take a bath. So they were taking a shower. Um, and Fa cries tears of happiness. And the argument is still pretty damaged at this point. It didn't get to actually do much in the way of repairs. And we see at the very end of the episode, the Argama is going full speed ahead to contact the Axis warship. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, this is for me. Again, the episode count doesn't work out to support this, but you know, it's pretty close. Like this is like the end of the second part of Zeta for me, when they're like, okay, now we're gonna go and make contact with Axis. That's the next plot point. Yeah. Yeah, this episode just ugh, so much of it seems unnecessary. And, and that's what I was saying like earlier. It's like you get an episode an episode that seems to have a lot of really important stuff happening and they move a lot of plot points forward. And then you'll have an episode or two of like stuff that matters but doesn't necessarily need a full episode of content for it. So like they come up with these random like, all right, we need Camille to have a little bit more emotional attachment to Sarah. So we're going to have this whole subplot where she like plants a bomb on Von Braun while they're getting like re resupplied. <laughs> we need to get them to have ice cream together. How should we do that? <laughs> yeah. Bomb. Bomb and sewage pipe. Got it. And it, it would make so much more sense if they were just like texting each other now. Like, <laughs> we don't have cell phones. Yeah. So bombs it is. Yeah. Yep. But overall, like I think the the show is is heading in a in a good direction at this point. Like we we know things are about to open up with Axis and um it'll be interesting. Yeah, I like what's happening. It's just it's just yeah, it's two episodes for every one episode worth of content. That's good right now and it could be shorter, but it's good. But all right you guys got anything else is there more bill divers battlelog or was that just like one episode i think they're making so one i think they're making awesome. at least three episodes but i don't know Sweet. when they're coming out Damn. i still haven't watched yeah, the first you one know, i need to because because last friday yeah I, I was up and i said hey before i start working i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this on i have my cereal and my red bull i know i shouldn't drink red bull but whatever and then i went to the gundam info youtube and i was like, oh no it, it's not there yeah i'm pretty sure they're having multiple battle log episodes i just don't know if they are scheduling them like at a regular interval or not yeah it's fine i need to get caught up on their little mini documentaries about the the walking Gundam in uh, Yokohama. <laughs> They're getting ready to come out with a new SD Gundam series as well. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I've never watched any of the SD Gundam series. Yeah, I, I, just... I saw a little bit of the like historical one where he's like a historical, I don't know, something or other, and I got about five minutes into it and turned it off. It's it's way too kid oriented. Like the little yeah. bit I've seen of it, I was just like, okay, if I was. Five. This would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? Nada. All right. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, hit us up on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod, and uh, feel free to comment on our Reddit threads on Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit. Until then, I mean, don't feel too free. Think about what you're writing. <laughs> uh.
I'm not, I need to clarify. Like no one has, no one has said anything like, yeah, I, it was a joke. Uh, hey, we, we, we like having feedback. Uh, and, and we try to respond to most people that, that, uh, that hit us up. There's... I feel like, I feel like that is, uh, not entirely accurate. Even even if I don't like the feedback, I take it to heart. So it's true. It's true. We like we like hearing back from you guys. So uh, if if you hate our episode, let us know that you hate it and why you hate it. If you love the episode, let us know that you love it and why you love it, and we'll give you more of it. And if you're a power bottom, we need to know if you would be compatible with Yazon and your opinion. All right. We'll see we you in don't two need weeks. To know that. Don't tell us. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.